tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 92. Well, you guys, it's finally here. Embracing trust, the art of letting go and holding on to a forever faithful God is officially out in the world and it's now available everywhere books are sold. I just wanted to say a special thank you to those of you who joined the Insider Club, which is what we're calling the launch team. It's really been a special journey as people have had a chance to pre-read the book and then share what God's speaking to them. I appreciate the reviews, all of the shared graphics that you guys have been doing to help spread the word. It's truly been an honor. Well, in last week's episode, I read the introduction and first chapter of Embracing Trust. But this week, I thought I'd give you a peek behind the writing of the book and some of the things that God taught me along the way. And to help pave the way, my sweet friend Kelly Villari is serving as my interviewer. Well, you guys, it's kind of fun here in the living room to actually kind of turn the tables a bit. And um, I... I wanted to talk about my new book, Embracing Trust, but I'm like, I don't really want to talk on my own. So I asked my wonderful friend, Kelly Villari, to be part of this conversation. She's an amazing, amazing author. Uh, I've had the privilege of being on many of her summits, and I love how you interview. So thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. Joanna, I have to tell you, it's such a delight to be with you today. You have been such an example of a person who just helps me and helps me to embrace trust. And so what we're about to talk about today is something that um, I'm really excited to dive into with you. Uh, Well, you have been a big part of the journey. In fact, I kind of mentioned you in the acknowledgments because there were so many times where I'd either reach out to ask for prayer or you would just send like the most timely nugget uh, or just a little encouragement from the Lord. I love how you love Jesus. I love how you just let him have access to your life. So I couldn't think of anyone I'd rather have this discussion with. Absolutely, Joanna. You know, there's been those times where seriously, I've called you up and I've been like, Joanna, I need help right now. You know, or like, because you'll ask so authentically, Kelly, where are you at? You know, and I'll say, I think there's been times I said, my life's breaking down. You know, (laughs) I'm just being honest, right? We can all be real here. I'm just saying, you know, but this is, I am overjoyed about your new book, Embracing Trust. Overjoyed because I'm like, if there is someone God should have writing this book at this time, it is Joanna Weaver. And I was thinking about you in the car and I was thinking, even your last name, Weaver, I've read the book, Embracing Trust, and the way you're able to weave in God's stories with other people's quotes and just have these zingers that are like, oh my gosh, God, I needed to hear this. I needed to hear this. That it's it's your name. You weave, you weave trust into people. You wove trust into me through this book. And I was able this morning even to recognize some of the idols that I've had in my heart. And you Mm -hmm. haven't only done it through the book, but it's just who you are. You set people free to love God more. And so, Joanna, this is really exciting for us to be able to talk about your book today. So, okay, Joanna, tell me, what was the reason behind you even writing the book, Embracing Trust? I want to know your story, and I think all of us are intrigued to know. What was the genesis? Well, it, I think it's so funny because, honestly, this is the message I've wanted to write for over 22 years. Like, the moment having a merry heart in a Martha world came out, 
this was the book that I thought was next because as I had, even at that time as a 36 year old mother of two, a pastor's wife, I could, I could see those pivotal moments where, where Jesus was saying, will you trust me? And if, you know, when you, I think sometimes we all, if we look back at our life, God seems to weave themes talking about weaving, he weaves themes into our lives. And this message of trust has been the thing that he keeps bringing me back to. And so I was so excited. I I had a working title. It was letting go and trusting God. And then for whatever reason, he kept asking me to let it go and do something else. And um, so I remember so many times I would get done the, you know, the next book would get done and I'm like, okay, now, now can I write? No. He have something else for me to do. Now, now, no, there was video Bible studies he wanted done. And so to be honest, when when I started feeling like maybe it was time, I was kind of kind of just like, do I get to now? Because the message, I mean, if anything, has just only grown stronger and bigger. Even when I was writing other books and researching, uh, that's what I saw was this message of trust and this whole idea that I really believe that it is, I haven't found the right word, the linchpin, the pivot point, the hinge. I don't know what it is, but it's the crux of the matter when it comes to our Christian walk, because otherwise it's work, works-based Christianity. You know, I do good things. It's a transactional relationship with God, where if I do this, then God has to do that. And we want a God who we can manage. Where, huh, no, we have to live by faith, not by sight. And so how, how does that look? Well, for me, it has come down to, will I trust him in this moment, in this situation, with these things, these people, with my heart, with my fears, with my doubts, with my dreams, will I trust him? And so I'm so excited I got to write it. Finally. I'm so excited too. And I have to say, when reading it, there's that real density there. You know, you are getting, you feel, I, I'll say, I feel like I am getting that real meat because it's it's got a depth to it. You know, you can read a book where it's like, there's some books where I feel like I can skip to chapter three or four before I really get into it. Joanna, there is a richness and you can tell it's because you have lived this material. And I want to ask you, what is a real example? If you were to think of what's the one time maybe where it was like really embracing trust was summed up in this one circumstance, what would you boil it down to? What was one pivotal moment that just really felt life-shifting for you as you began to embrace trust with the Lord? Well, it honestly went back to being a 13-year-old girl who loved Jesus, had given my heart to the Lord at four or five. I I loved him with my heart. I was raised in an incredible grace-filled home in a grace-filled church. I feel like I met Jesus when I met my parents. And yet, even though I had such a rich heritage and rich input, somehow kind of this dichotomy had appeared in my soul where I Jesus had my heart, but I was retaining control of everything else. And God in his mercy just confounded some things that I was looking to for meaning and worth. He allowed some close friendships to just disintegrate. And I I remember going to the altar at youth camp, junior high camp, and just crying and saying, God, if you can make anything beautiful of these pieces, I give them to you. And it was it was that pivotal moment because God had been calling me for a couple of months and just saying, Joanne, I want all of you. 
you know, yes, I'm so glad you received me as a little girl, but I want access to all that you are and all that you will ever be. And I knew that that meant I, it was unconditional surrender. It wasn't, I wasn't going to get to bargain with God and he didn't make any promises, you know, kind of the promises we hear at youth camp, like if you give your life to Jesus, he'll use you in incredible ways. He didn't promise me that. He just said, I want you, I want all of you, and I want you now. And, you know, it, it was, it was hard. I wrestled with that decision because I knew that meant I no longer got to call the shots. I no longer got to keep Jesus in his Jesus box. It was all to Jesus I surrender. And so I write about it in the book where I it felt as though I was standing on the edge of like a 30-foot diving platform mm. and it's pitch black and there's this spotlight on me and I'm in my little swimsuit shivering and cold and the Lord just saying jump. And for me like that was the worst fear in the world like high dives oh my word never. And so for him to say, I want you to take this leap. I want you to go all in with me. I was so afraid. I mean, so afraid because I knew that it was, there was no going back. It was all in. But I remember take finally, and it was at that altar where finally the Lord took away all the props, all the little crutches that, you know, I think sometimes when life's good, you know, we can sort of say, well, yeah, later. But God allowed all of the things that I'd looked to for meaning to just dry up and um, abs- absolutely implode. And it was at that moment, I remember taking that leap, spiritually speaking, and ex- just expecting that never-ending fall, you know, that long scream. But instead, like almost immediately, I just felt his arms underneath me, spiritual speaking, where there wasn't that terrible plummet. Instead, it was like coming home. Wow, Joanna. Wow. What a beautiful story. And I think it's really something that a lot of us can feel in our walk with the Lord, right? Because he'll, he took you in that moment as a 13 year old girl. And then, but how many times has he had you relive? that trust embrace. Um, and, you know, I was thinking this morning, even as I was reading your book, uh, that sometimes it feels like trusting God is falling, right? But I thought, as I was closing my eyes, just seeing myself fall, it was like um, the fall, whereas I was falling backwards, it turned more, it flipped over, and then all of a sudden I was flying in the air, and then there was freedom. Uh-huh. And isn't that how it is with the Lord? It feels at first super scary, like you're going to die. You're like, how am I going to do this? Am I going to live? Like, God, are you, where are you going to, are you sending me to a gutter to reach, you know, the yeah. rest? You, know, you don't know what God has for you, right? But but isn't it always worth it? Uh, I, I can honestly say, you know, people say, do you remember the moment you gave your heart to Jesus? You know, and I don't, <laughs> I don't. But I remember, I remember the moment I gave my life my entire life to Jesus. It was so interesting, Kelly. Just this summer, we were back at family camp, back at this Glacier Bible camp that I write about in my books and actually got to film the Bible study that's going to be coming out in November. We filmed some of it up in that area. And as I went in and kind of sat near the back because we were, we, my mother and I had come in late and there was worship. And so I began to enter into worship and all of a sudden I was so overwhelmed 
with just this incredible thought, oh, Lord Jesus, you saved my soul when I was four or five, but you saved my life when you asked me to lay it down. And I think that that's the thing that the enemy just, he just tells us, "Mm, you know what, you know what, heaven, you got heaven, you're a good little Christian girl, but you know, let's not get too carried away here. Right, right. Like how far are you going to take this thing? You know? Exactly. You know, nobody likes, you know, nobody likes an extremist. And, um, but I, I mean, I was literally in tears, just weeping. You saved my life. Oh, I could have had a wonderful life. I'm sure I would have. It would have been a good life, but it wouldn't be the life that is truly life that the Bible talks about until we let go and surrender. That's so true. And I feel like even right now, God might be pulling on some people's hearts. And um, I remember back in the day I went to a a retreat. It was everything I'd prayed for. You know, I prayed that God would speak to me about what's the purpose for my life. And then the pastor gave the exact message that I've been praying about. And there might be some of you right now that Joanna is really, really touching through her words and just almost calling you out of the waters, calling you out onto the waters or calling you into the deep. And um, that's a really good thing. That's a really good thing. We just want to acknowledge that. And hopefully we can pray for you at the end. Um, But I just want to acknowledge that and even the steps that the Lord might take you to take to even really walk into that trust. So Joanna, one thing I think that you have done extremely well. And I don't think I've ever told you this before, but I've noticed it about you when, and I know you're going to say, oh, Kelly, I don't do this perfectly. And yes, none of us do. Right. But I have noticed that when God prompts you and when he speaks to you through his word or his nudges, and he says, Hey, Joanna, you need to lay this thing down, or you need to let this go, or it's time for you to go a new way. You really respond. You really adjust course and, and listen to him. And I just want to um, say that, that is really an amazing quality that you have. And I think it's one of those keys that helps you to continually embrace trust. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. I think I want to be. I I want to be so tender to his leading. And I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'm so grateful that um, he's really good at bringing us around. <laughs> And so when it is delayed obedience, I like what my friend said. She goes, God's like your mother. If you don't listen the first time, he repeats himself. (laughs) Right? Right. And I think as long as our heart, you know, the, the, I write in the book, you know, it isn't the perfection of our life, but the direction of our heart. And I think that that's such a huge thing. If our heart really is, Lord, I do want to please you. Lord, I do want to belong only to you. I want to obey you. He he knows how to get us to that place, how to enable us to obey. But we just have to keep coming back to him and asking him for that grace that we need. Yes, it's so true, right? And sometimes initially when you're younger in faith, it will feel like it's easy to, easier sometimes to trust God, or maybe maybe not, but sometimes again. But and as you're developing and you're maturing, sometimes the requests of God are like, "Whoa, there's that," and you can feel like you're on a rocky or a wavy, you know, platform in a sea. But that doesn't mean you aren't on a firm foundation. Um, yeah. So, yes, Joanna, so good. Now, I really want to know more about your reason for even writing this book. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that from the beginning, there has felt such an immensity about the importance of this message. 
So much so that, you know, as it's just grown and grown in my heart and um, over these years, you know, uh, I I thought that when it came time to write, it would just be fully formed, you know, like it would just be, voila, there it is. But instead, because it's such a big message, it almost became paralyzing because what I really asked the Lord to help me do is to build a platform of faith. You know, um, some people go, oh, it's just blind faith. No, no, no. It, it is a very reasonable faith. There's a beautiful logic to trusting God. But we've got to back away from all of the things that are just kind of in our face, all those impossibilities that just were like, I don't see how this can happen. And because I can't see how this can happen, I can't have faith, right? Right. We've got to back up and see who God is and who he wants to be to us. And so uh, as I came to this project and just going, Lord, how do, how do I do that? I mean, you know, how does this little girl from Montana with one whole year of Bible college talk about the problem of evil and suffering? How does, right? I mean, because I didn't want this to be a Band-Aid book. You know, like, just trust God, honey. Jesus loves you. And it is not. It is not. I can tell you it is not. There is meat in this book and it is good, but keep going. (laughs) It is not a Band-Aid. Well, but at the, there was a point where, because the immensity was almost paralyzing, Mm -hmm. because there was so much that should be said and could be said, that trying to discern what I was, should say, was was really difficult. And I I remember when I proposed the book, I said, this is this is going to be a thick book. You know, I mean it is it's 16 chapters. So it is kind of hefty. Um and I knew that uh I prayed that it wouldn't be a heavy read, but that it would be um that it would go deep and and not light. But you know what I finally had to do, Kelly? God said, Joanna, what if you're not the one to give the heavy message? What if yours is just a fluffy book? Are you willing to obey me? And with that, just this realization, I'm not the only person in the world who is going to write about the importance of trust. And it's been really interesting over this five-year period, one year writing a proposal, three years writing the book, and then one year in the publishing process of actually getting it printed and all of that that you know about. Um, there have been other books that have come out on trusting God that there weren't very many before. And so I felt like the Lord said, Joanna, you have a piece of the message. Just give the bread that I put in your basket. You don't have to be the most profound. You don't have to be the most life-changing, but I've entrusted you with part of the message. Will you simply write it? And so I think that was really freeing to go, okay, okay. Right? Yeah. Right? And it's very enemy-defying, too, because the enemy would love to try to have you make it, for you to feed on your flesh, for you to make it about, oh, I've got to bring the perfect message. It's all my story. It's all, you know, isn't that really the picture, though? We are one body in Christ. That's it. There are, there's an arm, and there's a leg, and there's the head, hopefully, that's Christ, right? And so... There's that beautiful humility that you're approaching this with, and it is humility to say, okay, you know what? I don't have to be everything. Yeah. And either that that yes of just showing up and trusting mm-hmm. the Lord. That you, you know, it seems to me like you've really embraced trust as you've been writing the book. Well, I've had to. <laughs> there was 
not a lot of, there wasn't a lot of choice because, uh, you know, it came a whole lot slower than I expected. Uh, you know, way slower and writing always is that way for me. It's always, um, I would say I'm, I'm the slowest writer in the world. And that, that offends my flesh. That offends my perfectionism. It could be argued that it's my perfectionism that makes it so slow. I don't know. But here's what I found out about God. And I just love this about him. Because, you know, our flesh goes, oh, no. And let me just insert. The enemy loves to get us coming and going. So when we don't do it perfect, he beats us up because we don't do it perfect. Um, when it doesn't come fast, he goes, well, look at those other people. Look how prolific they are. Three books a year. What's wrong with you? You can't even do one book in three years. And so you have to kind of just push that aside and go, Lord, you know my frame. You know. And this is what I love about the Lord. I I, I could just almost get this picture. And please, please let me just insert. I've never heard the audible voice of God. And so when I say that the Lord spoke to my heart, I've learned how to discern that in my spirit. And I kind of talk about that briefly in the book. But um, I almost got this picture <laughs> of heaven where God's like looking at the calendar and he's like, we want Joanna to have a book come out August 16th, 2022. So we're going to release her to start writing in May, 2017. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. Right? Right. He, he knows the perfect time. He does. And the beautiful thing, and this is like, to me, like just the lavish love of God, like, and his extravagance is, so many times we think he's more interested in the things that he does through us when it's really about the things he wants to do in us, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that publisher's waiting all this time. They're having to push back deadlines. It's really inconvenient for them, but I've got a work I want to do in Joanna's heart. And that's yes. just as valuable as getting out a book. And oh, you, I can't even tell you the work that God has done in my absolute desperation for his help, but the desperation, but also learning to go, oh Lord, thou knowest, <laughs> you know, yes. Lord, you yes. know, without you, I can do nothing, but God, I am not going to allow fear. I'm not going to allow doubt. I'm not going to allow self-hatred. I'm going to relax in your love and trust even though it seems like a, a, a terrible long delay and that I surely must be the weakest link, mm -hmm. that you're up to something big in me and that somehow you'll even use it through me. And that's, I am not the same person I was, Kelly. I mean, wow. I'm wow. not, I'm not. And I just, I mean, there were revelations along the way that aren't even in this book. Yeah. I mean, revelations that have like exploded my soul. And I've wondered about that. And then I've realized, I think it was that absolute dependence and that absolute, mm. uh, you know, there was nothing else I could do but trust that yeah. he was in it, even in the hard parts. I think that's what opened the revelation. And that's my prayer. You know, we think when we run up against an obstacle that challenges our faith, that it's bad me, terrible me. We don't realize that in the obstacle is an opportunity to go deeper with him. And that's my prayer. That's my prayer that, you know, we'll have a different perspective of life 
And it won't be about us measuring up, but that somehow we'll get a glimpse of our incredible, majestic, so wonderful God who is faithful to finish what he started in us. Oh, Joanna, that is so rich. And I really know the way that you walk with the fear of the Lord. You know, when you said about you just wanted to handle all the the large variety of options that you could put in this kind of book. And when you come with that complete dependence on the Lord, you have, and you know, some of us think fear of the Lord, it's like, you know, oh, you know, I got to be afraid of God. No, but it's that awe and that mm-hmm. wonder and that respect, right? Yeah. The respect of the position that God is in comparison to who we are. And you, you come with that heart position and he just pours out. And that's what he's done through the three years. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about Jesus three days until he was resurrected. Three mm-hmm. years, three is such a biblical number. It's yeah. time and time yeah. again. Three years of love and blood and sweat and tears of everything you've walked through put into these pages. And it's your it's your dependent story with the Lord, but you've been willing to go there. And now all of us who are in our own places, right? Our own battles, our own struggles, our own marriages, our own financial stuff, our own, you know, journeys with God where he might be calling us out. We get to pull on the lessons that you learned to help us in the journey called our faith walk. And hopefully, you know, while you've spent all these years learning this material, my hope is, you know, and I'm I'm just still just soaking in all these things from the book that that I'll be able to learn a little bit faster, right? That I'll be able to depend on God a little bit more. Amen. Amen. I I really believe I've sensed this for a couple of years that there is this I've never said this before, but I think it's true. I believe there's a period of exponential growth that the Lord is opening up right now where some of us who have walked with the Lord for most of our life and and some who maybe are nearing the end of their life and they're sort of just like, well, I probably missed my chance. Uh, you know, I had all these years to get to know Jesus and I didn't really dive in. Um, some who are brand new to faith and they feel like they're way behind and that, that they'll never catch up and that they're operating from a deficit, you know, some who maybe weren't raised in a Christian home like I was, and they think that that's a mark against them. I just want to say in the name of Jesus, that's a lie from the pit of hell. And that there is this supernatural grace that probably has always been there. But but somehow in my spirit, I feel like there is this supernatural space of grace for us to exponentially grow in the Lord if we just begin like and start small. But begin. And and it starts with just saying, Lord, I don't want to try to figure this out on my own. Uh, I, I give you my life. You do your thing in me. Rather than me trying to do the thing that you want me to do, you do it. And I think the one thing that has been so revolutionary for me that um is I feel like <laughs> this book is not so much about us getting a better grasp on trust. It's, yes, it's our response. And yes, I believe God wants to um, drill us down to bedrock, but that bedrock is is a new understanding of who He is. Yeah. And that's been the thing that has been so revolutionary. I mean, 
like I said, raised in church, but I'm seeing God. I'm seeing the Lord. I'm seeing the work of the Holy Spirit in a brand new way. Um, Think magnificently of God, Paternus told his son. And I feel like this period of time, God has just been helping me do that. And honestly, Kelly, I don't know that we can work that up on our own. It is a work of the Holy Spirit to help us know God better, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would open the eyes of our understanding. And so as we just give him access, I believe he's going to take us deeper and farther and higher and all to all than we've ever been before. But it does come down to this. Am I going to surrender? Because until I let go and surrender, I don't think we can really hold on in faith because I'm, I'm holding on in faith for an outcome. I'm not holding on to God and believing that my faithful God will do what is best. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more with you, Joanna, about the idea that, yes, trust is what we do or the result of our surrender. But truly, I think when just reiterating and just re-highlighting what you have already said, because I completely agree. I may be trusting God, oh God, I want to go and do great things for you or reach these people or God, I would love to have this or that for my kids. And I just go and I surrender to you. I surrender, Lord, I surrender. And then once you let it go, it's like, he's there. Yeah. He's there. And it's like, wait, God, you're my joy and everything else I ever wanted. That's it. You're the full picture. You're Every, all my fountains are in you and all my joy and all life. And it's suddenly, you know, when you talk about idols, yeah, the importance of recognizing idols yeah, and laying them down. And I, I think it, it gets us to that place. And, and I just want you to highlight a little bit on idols since we're right yeah. here in this place we're talking about surrender and dependence. And I want to hear your perspective on how that's so important in embracing trust. Yeah. Well, like I said, the enemy wants to get us coming or going. So he either wants to draw away our heart um, away in rebellion, or he wants to <laughs> draw our hearts away into pride in the flesh, you know, and wanting to be significant and wanting to do big things for Jesus. At least those were some of the idols that I had to lay down. But anything can become an idol. I write in the book about how a desire for a house became an idol. It was a legitimate need, but it turned into an obsessive desire. And so often the Lord is, you know, I, I feel like he's like, I so want to give that to you. But if I give that to you, that will only reinforce your idolatry. And so presenting our request to God, but then thanking him that he knows what is best for us in the timing in his methods, in his ways. And so, um, you know, there, there's just so much to say about smashing idols. Uh, you know, I even write a, a short piece in there about the idolatry of God, yeah. where we kind of have them all figured out. And so we'll do this and we'll do that. And then he has to do that. Or we think that God is this and he's our little, he's, we keep him in our little theology box or, or this is all God is because that's all I've experienced of God. And I just feel like part of embracing trust is letting him out of the box of our own small thinking and yeah. actually let God be God, and that we're bowing down and worshiping Him, trusting that He knows our needs, 
and he knows how to provide our homes and our, and our, you know, he even, he knows how to make our dreams come true, but until we lay them down, they can become idols. That's really so true, Joanna. And I, I want to get a grasp for those who might be in a situation where they're like, yes, like I'm, you know, I want to love God more. I want to trust God more. I want to trust in these areas of life. I want to trust when the going gets tough or when my mind tells me X, Y, and Z. To those people who are intrigued about embracing trust more, what would you say that they're going to be able to take away after reading your book? Well, I really tried to um, go to scripture because scripture is the most important thing. And when you look at scripture, trust is woven through the Old Testament and the New. Um, you know, that faith that Abraham had when he believed, even though the promise was delayed 25 years, it says he did not waver in unbelief. And I think part of it is that my prayer is that we'll be able we'll be able to recognize unbelief when it comes. And, and I think it's important to understand that it's not a sin to be tempted and neither is it a sin to be afraid. It's not even a sin to struggle with unbelief, but are we going to stay there? And that's where, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, they say, well, I've got a lot of questions and God isn't threatened by my questions. No, he isn't. But if we're not handling those questions correctly, they are a direct threat to us. Yes. And they become a wedge between our hearts and God's rather than something that pushes us to God and allows Him to be God rather than all of our demands. And so I just pray that as they read the different chapters, you know, just the different facets of trust, again, that there will become a, a platform of faith. I, I write in chapter three about unshakable faith, how that sometimes we can look really good on the surface, but underneath, down in the foundation, there's holes there's holes that need to be filled. And so basically just let's just give God access. Yeah. This is not bad me, terrible me. I need to trust God more. No, 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 no. It's like, Lord, I see. Like the man in Mark 9, 24, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. That's my prayer, that this book will just become kind of a living conversation with you and the Lord as you just say, oh, oh for grace to trust you more, Lord. So good, Joanna. And I can just attest even just a personal testimony with the book that even this morning when I was at church, I thought about the idols and I thought about how I had made, you know, fear man. I had made man in just into little figurines. I wanted their acceptance or their approval in different ways. And in that moment, I just closed my eyes and it's like my mind just, I could see it was like, they were like little glass figurines. I just were, I threw them against the wall and just broke them. And I love it. That's so good. But that was really prompted from your book, Joanna. Mm. And just thank you for that. And I know there's other women who are listening today that maybe you're like me and they have feel those feelings of fear of man. It's just hard to let go of what other people think, or perhaps it's just fear in general of life circumstances in the future, or unbelief. And what I would really love to do as we close out our time together um, is for you to first just share where the book is found so everybody can find the book and um, get it because it's been such a blessing to me. And I know it's going to be to so, so, so many women, but then I'd love for you to pray for these women, um, as we close out. 
You bet. Well, you can go to Joanna Weaver Books, but there's a special link that just takes you directly to the book, and that's embracingtrust.com. And so I'd love to have you go and um, and get the book. You know, uh, we do have, like I said, the Bible study, video study that comes out in November, but there's a back of the book study, and it's really exciting. A lot of churches are, are going to be using the book. There's a free downloadable workbook that you can get for that as well. And so... I would be honored. Uh, you know, I just feel like, um, feel like this is going to be a journey that I'm going to be on for a while, even this year of just unpacking the different facets of trust. So love to have you guys check out Facebook and Instagram at Joanna Weaver Books and just kind of join me on the journey because I really, I, here's the thing, Kelly. It was, um, a moment, I think two years into the writing, I was, sitting at a leadership training and you know how God just does those things where he intersects your life. And, um, I felt him say, I want to build an unshakable faith in my people of a faith for the end times. And I know a lot of people are saying we're living in the end times. I have no idea. I do know this. I'm living in my last days. right? I'm living in my last days and I want to make them count for Jesus. I don't want to be controlled by fear. And and as I've learned to just interrupt fear with four little words, I trust you, Lord. And I just want to just speak that out to all of you that maybe feel like, I know I need to, but I don't know how. Honestly, this is probably the most powerful exercise. It's the exercise that got me through those three years of writing of just when fear wanted to attack, when when uh, pride wanted to say, why wasn't I chosen? Or you know however the enemy works. Just immediately lifting our hands and saying, I trust you, Lord, and giving it to him. And so, Lord, right now, we do that. Lord, I don't know what we're clinging to that's keeping us from clinging to you. But Lord, today, with your help, we lay it down. We let it go. Because God, we don't want to be holding on to any pale imitation, any any um, earthly blessing. any um, We don't want to hold you hostage to our demands. We relinquish our rights. We relinquish our lives. We say, God, we give you complete control because, Lord, only you know what is truly good. Only you know what we really need. And so, Lord, I just ask for those that are listening today, God, that you would take us on this journey to trust. It is a day-by-day choice. It's not a feeling. It's not some sort of um, spiritual attainment that we get to, and then we never have to struggle again. Sometimes, Lord, it's a day-by-day trust, an hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute choice to trust you over our doubts and over our fears, over the impossibilities of our situation that shout that you're far away and that you don't care, that we declare, I trust you, Lord, and we bring our hearts back into alignment under the umbrella of your provision, your protection, and your care. Because, Lord, I believe that trust is the key back to the Garden of Eden, Mm -hmm. back to the life that we were meant to live back under and into your arms, back into that sweet, intimate friendship that you want to have with each of us. And so, Lord, I pray whatever is taking space that really belongs to you, that today, even as scary as it would be, 
we let it go and we choose to hold on to you alone. Because Lord, I've found that when I let go, that's when I'm held. The things that I long for, the sense of your presence, the nearness of your love, it's only as I let go and surrender and find that you are there and that you're everything I could ever need. Help us, Lord. We don't. We see where we need to get to, but in our own strength, we can't do it. But we ask for grace, 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 grace to every place, grace, grace to every space, grace to trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I was editing this episode, I kept thinking, oh, I wish I would have told them this. And oh man, why didn't I say that? Because honestly, you guys, my heart is so full of this message. And there are so many important things you need to know about the trustworthiness of your forever faithful God. But I guess maybe that's why God had me write a book rather than just record a couple of podcast episodes. You can learn more about Embracing Trust over on my website, but I've also been posting short video overviews of the chapters over on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me at Joanna Weaver Books. Also, be sure to visit PurposefulFaith.com. That's where Kelly Bellari has all of her wonderful resources, including books like Battle Ready, and her new book comes out this spring, Taking Every Thought Captive. One last thing, and this is kind of cool. My publisher is allowing us to extend the pre-order bonuses for another week. So whatever you do, once you buy the book, be sure to submit your receipt so you can get all of the goodies, including a free audiobook. Just go to embracingtrust.com and fill out the form. Well, until next time. Oh, you guys, we have such a wonderful, wonderful father who wants to help us build a deep-rooted, tenacious trust in him that is unbothered by storms and even isn't shaken when our faith is tested. Because I believe learning how to trust him with all of our heart is the quickest and surest way to live and love and lead like Jesus.